Section 17 of A Romance of Two Worlds by Marie Corelli. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9, Part 2, An Electric Shock. And she approached the entrance of her studio, which was opposite to where I stood, but the prince reached it before her and placed his back against it. His face was deathly pale, and his dark eyes blazed with wrath and love intermingled. No, Zara, he exclaimed in a sort of loud whisper, if you think to escape me so, you are in error. I came to you reckless and resolved. You shall be mine if I die for it. And he strove to seize her in his arms. But she escaped him and stood at bay, her lips quivering, her bosom heaving, and her hands clenched. I warn you she exclaimed, by the intense loathing I have for you, by the force which makes my spirit rise in arms against you, I warn you, do not dare to touch me. If you care for your own life, leave me while there is time. Never had she looked so supremely terribly beautiful. I gazed at her from my corner of the doorway, awed yet fascinated. The jewel on her breast glowed with an angry red luster, and shot forth dazzling opaline rays, as though it were a sort of living, breathing star. Prince Ivan paused, entranced, no doubt, as I was, by her unearthly loveliness. His face flushed. He gave a low laugh of admiration. Then he made two swift strides forward and caught her fiercely in his embrace. His triumph was brief. Scarcely had his strong arm clasped her waist when it fell numb and powerless. Scarcely had his eager lips stooped towards hers when he reeled and sank heavily on the ground, senseless. The spell that had held me a silent spectator of the scene was broken. Terrified, I rushed into the room, crying out, "'Zara! Zara! What have you done?' Zara turned her eyes gently upon me. They were soft and humid, as though recently filled with tears. All the burning scorn and indignation had gone out of her face. She looked pityingly at the prostrate form of her admirer. "'He is not dead,' she said quietly. "'I will call Casimir.' I knelt beside the prince and raised his hand. It was cold and heavy. His lips were blue, and his closed eyelids looked as though, in the words of Homer, death's purple finger had shut them fast forever. No breath, no pulsation of the heart. I looked fearfully at Zara. She smiled half sadly. He is not dead, she repeated. Are you sure? I murmured. What was it, Zara, that made him fall? I was at the door. I saw and heard everything. I know you did said Zara gently, and I am glad of it. I wished you to see and hear it all. Is it a fit, do you think? I asked again, looking sorrowfully at the sad face of the unfortunate Ivan, which seemed to me to have already graven upon it the stern sweet smile of those who have passed all passion and pain forever. Oh, Zara, do you believe he will recover? And tears choked my voice, tears of compassion and regret. Zara came and kissed me. Yes, he will recover. Do not fret, little one. I have rung my private bell for Casimir. He will be here directly. The prince has had a shock. Not a fatal one, as you will see. You look doubtful. Are you afraid of me, dear? I gazed at her earnestly. Those clear, childlike eyes, that frank smile, that gentle and dignified mien, could they accompany evil thoughts? No. I was sure Zara was good, as she was lovely. I am not afraid of you, Zara, I said gravely. I love you too well for that. "'But I am sorry for the poor prince, and I cannot understand.' "'You cannot understand why those who trespass against fixed laws should suffer?' observed Zara calmly. "'Well, you will understand some day. You will know that in one way or another it is the reason of all suffering, both physical and mental, in the world.' 
I said no more, but waited in silence till the sound of a firm approaching footstep announced Heliobas. He entered the room quickly, glanced at the motionless form of the prince, then at me, and lastly at his sister. "'Has he been long thus?' he asked in a low tone. "'Not five minutes,' replied Zara. A pitying and affectionate gentleness of expression filled his keen eyes. "'Reckless boy!' he murmured softly, as he stooped and laid one hand lightly on Ivan's breast. "'He is the very type of misguided human bravery.' "'You were too hard upon him, Zara.' Zara sighed. "'He spoke against you,' she said. "'Of course he did,' returned her brother with a smile. "'And it was perfectly natural he should do so. Have I not read his thoughts? Do not I know that he considers me a false pretender and a charlatan? And have I not humoured him? In this he is no worse than any of one of his race.' Every great scientific discovery is voted impossible at the first start. Ivan is not to blame, because he's like the rest of the world. He will be wiser in time. He attempted to force his desires, began Zara again, and her cheeks flushed indignantly. I know, answered her brother. I foresaw how it would be, but was powerless to prevent it. He was wrong, but bold. Such boldness compels a certain admiration. This fellow would scale the stars if he knew how to do it, by physical force alone. I grew impatient, and interrupted these remarks. Perhaps he is scaling the stars now, I said, or at any rate he will do so if death can show him the way. Heliobus gave me a friendly glance. You also are growing courageous, when you can speak to your physician thus abruptly, he observed quietly. Death has nothing to do with our friend as yet, I assure you. Zara, you had better leave us. Your face must not be the first for Ivan's eyes to rest upon. You, nodding to me, can stay. Zara pressed my hand gently as she passed me and entered her studio, the door of which closed behind her, and I heard the key turn in the lock. I became absorbed in the proceedings of Heliobus. Stooping towards the recumbent form of Prince Ivan, he took the heavy, lifeless hands firmly in his own, and then fixed his eyes fully and steadily on the pale, set features, with an expression of the most forcible calm and absolutely undeniable authority. Not one word did he utter, but remained motionless as a statue in the attitude thus assumed. He seemed scarcely to breathe. Not a muscle of his countenance moved. Perhaps twenty or thirty seconds might have elapsed, when a warm tinge of color came back to the apparently dead face. The brows twitched, the lips quivered, and parted in a heavy sigh. The brazed appearance of the eyelids gave place to the natural tint. They opened, disclosing the eyes, which stared directly into those of the compelling master who thus forced their obedience. A strong shudder shook the young man's frame. His before nerveless hands grasped those of Heliobus with force and fervor, and still meeting that steady look which seemed to pierce the very center of his system, Prince Ivan, like Lazarus of old, arose and stood erect. As he did so, Heliobus withdrew his eyes, dropped his hands, and smiled. "'You are better, Ivan?' he inquired kindly. The prince looked about him bewildered. He passed one hand across his forehead without replying. Then he turned slightly, and perceived me in the window embrasure, whither I had retreated in fear and wonderment at the marvellous power of Heliobus, thus openly and plainly displayed. "'Tell me,' he asked, addressing me, "'have I been dreaming?' I could not answer him. I was glad to see him recover, yet I was a little afraid. Heliobus pushed a chair gently towards him. "'Sit down, Ivan,' he said quietly. 
the prince obeyed and covered his face with his hands as though in deep and earnest meditation i looked on in silence and wonderment heliobas spoke not another word and together we watched the pensive figure in the chair so absorbed in serious thought some minutes passed the gentle tick of the clock in the outer hall grew almost obtrusive so loud did it seem in the utter stillness that surrounded us i longed to speak to ask questions to proffer sympathy but dared not move or utter a syllable suddenly the prince rose his manner was calm and dignified yet touched with a strange humility he advanced to heliobas holding out his hand forgive me casimir he said simply heliobas at once grasped the proffered palm within his own and looked at the young man with an almost fatherly tenderness say no more ivan he returned his rich voice sounding more than usually mellow in its warmth and heartiness we must all learn before we can know and some of our lessons are sharp and difficult whatever you have thought of me remember i have not and do not blame you to be offended with unbelievers is to show that you are not yourself quite sure of the faith to which you would compel them i would ask one thing went on the prince speaking in a low tone do not let me stay to fall into fresh errors teach me guide me casimir i will be the most docile of your pupils as for zara he paused as if overcome come with me said heliobas taking his arm a glass of good wine will invigorate you it is better to see zara no more for a time let me take charge of you you mademoiselle turning to me will be kind enough to tell zara that the prince has recovered and sends her a friendly good-night will that message suffice he inquired of ivan with a smile the prince looked at me with a sort of wistful gravity as i came forward to bid him farewell you will embrace her he said slowly without fear her eyes will rain sunshine upon you they will not dart lightning her lips will meet yours and their touch will be warm not cold as sharp steel yes bid her good-night for me tell her that an erring man kisses the hem of her robe and prays her for pardon tell her that i understand tell her that i have seen her lover with these words uttered distinctly and emphatically he turned away with heliobas who still held him by the arm in a friendly half-protecting manner the tears stood in my eyes i called softly good-night prince ivan he looked back with a faint smile good-night mademoiselle heliobas also looked back and gave me an encouraging nod which meant several things at once such as do not be anxious he will be all right soon and always believe the best i watched their two figures disappear through the doorway and then feeling almost cheerful again i knocked at the door of zara's studio she opened it at once and came out i delivered the prince's message word for word as he had given it she listened and sighed deeply are you sorry for him zara i asked yes she replied i am sorry for him as far as i can be sorry for anything i am never actually very sorry for any circumstances however grievous they may appear i was surprised at this avowal why zara i said i thought you were so keenly sympathetic so i am sympathetic but only with suffering ignorance a dying bird that knows not why it should die a withering rose that sees not the reason for its withering but for human beings who wilfully blind themselves to the teaching of their own instincts and are always doing what they know they ought not to do in spite of warning i cannot say i am sorry and for those who do study the causes and ultimate results of their existence there is no occasion to be sorry as they are perfectly happy knowing everything that happens to them to be for their advancement and justification tell me 
i asked with a little hesitation what did prince ivan mean by saying he had seen your lover zara he meant what he said i suppose replied zara with sudden coldness excuse me i thought you said you were not inquisitive i could not bear this change of tone in her and i clasped my arms tight about her and smiled in her face you shall not get angry with me zara i am not going to be treated like poor ivan i have found out what you are and how dangerous it is to admire you but i do admire and love you and i defy you to knock me down as unceremoniously as you did the prince you beautiful living bit of lightning zara moved restlessly in my embrace but i held her fast at the last epithet i bestowed on her she grew very pale but her eyes resembled the jewels on her breast in their sheeny glitter what have you found out she murmured what do you know i cannot say i know i went on boldly still keeping my arm round her but i have made a guess which i think comes near the truth your brother has had the care of you ever since you were a little child and i believe he has by some method known only to himself charged you with electricity yes zara for she had started and tried to loosen my hold of her and it is that which keeps you young and fresh as a girl of sixteen at an age when other women lose their bloom and grow wrinkles it is that which gives you the power to impart a repelling shock to people you dislike as in the case of prince ivan it is that which gives you such an attractive force for those with whom you have a little sympathy such as myself for instance and you cannot zara with all your electric strength unclasp my arm from your waist because you have not the sentiment of repulsion towards me which would enable you to do it shall i go on guessing zara made a sign of assent the expression on her face had softened and a dimpling smile played round the corners of her mouth your lover i went on steadily and slowly is a native of some other sphere perhaps a creation of your own fancy perhaps for i will not be sceptical any more a beautiful and all-powerful angelic spirit i will not discuss this with you i believe that when prince ivan fell senseless he saw or fancied he saw that nameless being and now i added loosening my clasp of her have i guessed well zara looked meditative i do not know she said why you should imagine stop i exclaimed there's no imagination in the case i have reasoned it out here is a book i found in the library on electric organs as they are discovered to exist in certain fish listen they are nervous apparatuses which in the arrangement of their parts may be compared to a voltaic pile they develop electricity and give electrical discharges well said zara you say well as if you did not know i exclaimed half angrily half laughingly these fish have helped me to understand a great deal i assure you your brother must have discovered the seed or commencement of electrical organs like those described in the human body and he has cultivated them in you and in himself and has brought them to a high state of perfection he has cultivated them in raffaello cellini and he is beginning to cultivate them in me and i hope most sincerely he will succeed i think his theory is a magnificent one zara gazed seriously at me and her large eyes seemed to grow darker with the intensity of her thought supposing you had reasoned out the matter correctly she said and i will not deny that you have done a great deal towards the comprehension of it have you no fear do you not include some drawbacks in even casimir's learning such a secret and being able to cultivate and educate such a deadly force as that of electricity in the human being if it is deadly it is also life-giving i answered remedies are also poisons you laid the prince senseless at your feet but your brother raised him up again 
both these things were done by electricity i can understand it all now i see no obscurity no mystery and oh what a superb discovery it is zara smiled you enthusiast she said it is nothing new it was well known to the ancient chaldeans it was known to moses and his followers it was practised in perfection by christ and his disciples to modern civilization it may seem a discovery because the tendency of all so-called progress is to forget the past the scent of the human savage is extraordinarily keen keener than that of any animal he can follow a track unerringly by some odour he is able to detect in the air again he can lay back his ears to the wind and catch a faint far-off sound with certain precision and tell you what it is civilized beings have forgotten all this they can neither smell nor hear with actual keenness just in the same way they have forgotten the use of the electrical organs they all indubitably possess in large or minute degree as the muscles of the arm are developed by practice so can the wonderful internal electrical apparatus of man be strengthened and enlarged by use the world in its youth knew this the world in its age forgets as an old man forgets or smiles disdainfully at the past sports of his childhood but do not let us talk any more to-night if you think your ideas of me are correct i am sure they are i cried triumphantly sarah held her arms out to me and you are sure you love me she asked i nestled into her embrace and kissed her sure i answered sarah i love and honour you more than any woman i ever met or ever shall meet and you love me i know you do how can i help it she said are you not one of us good-night dearest sleep well good-night i answered and remember prince ivan asked for your pardon i remember she replied softly i have already pardoned him and i will pray for him and a sort of radiant pity and forbearance illumined her lovely features as we parted for the night so might an angel look on some repentant sinner pleading for heaven's forgiveness i lay awake for some time that night endeavouring to follow out the track of thought i had entered upon in my conversation with zara with such electricity as heliobus practised once admitting that human electric force existed a fact which no reasoning person could deny all things were possible even a knowledge of superhuman events might be attained if there were anything in the universe that was superhuman and surely it would be arrogant and ignorant to refuse to contemplate such a probability at one time people mocked at the wild idea that a message could flash in a moment of time from one side of the atlantic to the other by means of a cable laid under the sea now that it is an established fact the world has grown accustomed to it and has ceased to regard it as a wonder granting human electricity to exist why should not a communication be established like a sort of spiritual atlantic cable between man and the beings of other spheres and other solar systems the more i reflected on the subject the more lost i became in daring speculations concerning that other world to which i was soon to be lifted then in a sort of half doze i fancied i saw an interminable glittering chain of vivid light composed of circles that were all looped one in another which seemed to sweep round the realms of space and to tie up the sun moon and stars like flowers in a ribbon of fire after much anxious and humble research i found myself to be one of the smallest links in this great chain i do not know whether i was grateful or afraid at this discovery for sleep put an end to my drowsy fancies and dropped a dark curtain over my waking dreams end of section seventeen